Amen. Thank you, Brother Danny. Appreciate that. Amen. Appreciate each and every one that is here, part of the service this morning. It is good to be in the Lord's house. As we've said already, this is our Vision Sunday. It's the day that we kind of get a look for next year, looking ahead into 2022, looking at what is to come. And so we're uh, looking ahead, trying to see what this year has for us. And so uh, there's uh, several things that we're going to be looking at this morning. If you want, you can turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs uh, chapter number 29 and verse number 18 is where we'll be taking our text from this morning. But I will say as you're turning there that the message this morning is definitely different than a normal message. Instead of preaching a message, I'm more going to be presenting a vision. And so that'll be what we'll be doing. We have a lot of slides that we'll be looking at uh, this morning, a lot of things that I'm trying to show you so that you can visualize, so that you can see, so that you can be able to get on board with what it is that the Lord is doing for us. Here in uh, Proverbs chapter number 29 and verse number 18, we're very familiar with this verse of Scripture, but it's so applicable to what we're doing today. The Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That word vision there in that passage of Scripture means the ability to see beyond what is physically visible. Whenever it speaks of vision here, it's not talking uh, about blindness uh, as in our physical sight, uh, but it is talking about the inability to be able to see beyond where we are. And if there's no ability to see beyond where we are at, if there's no ability to dream of bigger things then the people perish because we're not moving forward. So we see here where there is no vision the people perish. It has been said that vision is a preferred future. I know where I'm at, but I know where I want to be. Vision is speaking of a destination, a place that I want to go, a place that I want to get to. Vision always stands in contrast to the world as it is right now. Dreams are always bigger than where we currently are. Vision is always in contrast to where we are now. Now, vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. Let me run that by you again. Vision is, uh, let, me, let me read it to make sure I get it right. Vision is a clear mental picture of what should be fueled by a conviction that it should be. So we see here that vision is looking into the future, looking into the future. And so this morning we want to look at our vision for 2022 and even going beyond this year. We want to look at where we are and we want to look at where we want to be. So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and then we're going to consider tackling some big things for the cause of Christ this year. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you for these people. I thank you, Lord, for their, their desire to serve you. I thank you, Lord, for their willingness to be faithful to you. I thank you, dear Lord, for each one that is here this morning, each one that has contributed to the service, each one that has labored in different ways. Lord, those that uh, drove the vans and buses early this morning while the rest of us were still getting ready. Those that are in the back uh, taking care of the presentation and the sound 
David. Uh, Lord, those that sang, those that are downstairs teaching children's church. Uh, uh, Lord, every person in every faucet. Uh, uh, Lord, I thank you for each one. Uh, uh, Lord, that is here in your house this morning. Lord, as we begin to look uh, at some things that we believe you would have us to do, uh, Lord, to fulfill our mission, uh, Lord, of being a light uh, in this community and reaching our community and the world uh, with the gospel. Father, I pray that you will help us. I pray, dear Lord, that you will build a fire in our hearts. I pray, dear Lord, that you will help me to communicate the vision in a way that, Lord, each one of us can see where it is that we believe you want us to go. And Father, I pray that that we will get on board, and Lord, that we will do our part to see you do great and mighty things. And Father, we thank you for it. Thank you, dear Lord, for holding the weather back this morning, uh, Lord, that we were able to meet together. And Father, I pray that you bless us now, and Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So the first thing that we're going to do uh, to get started is we're going to take a look at some of the main events uh, on our calendar this year. And Now this uh, calendar definitely doesn't cover every activity or every special Sunday uh, that we will have uh, this year, uh, but it does highlight some of the main focus on each and every month. And so I'm going to point out a few of those. Of course, in January, we have Vision Sunday. That is today. And this is the day that we are launching our vision for what the Lord would have us to do. Also, uh, next Sunday is our Sanctity of Life, and we'll be taking up that special offering. If we move on to February, the last week of February into the first week of March, uh, it's a Sunday through Wednesday just happens to fall right at the uh, intersection of those two months. We'll be having a scripture assembly. Uh, Brother Humble and his crew will be coming. We'll be doing a scripture assembly there for those days uh, there in February and the beginning of March. And then in March, if you'll notice, we have written down wild game dinner. Uh, we have not been able to have our wild game dinner for the last two years. And so we are excited to get our wild game dinner back on the calendar. I believe that's going to be on March the 26th will be the actual date. But we are looking forward to it, planning for it. The, the door prizes that we bought to give away in 2020 are still sitting, waiting to be given away. So we are uh, got our door prizes and ready, so we are looking forward to it. So you can start letting folks know. I still have folks ask me from time to time, hey, do y'all still do that wild game dinner? Let folks know we're going to be doing our wild game dinner. Begin inviting folks to come out and be a part of that, uh, that the Lord will bless. And then, of course, in April, Easter falls in April this year, and that is always a great time to invite folks that don't normally come to church to come to church. For some reason, there are those who have nothing to do with church who you can convince to come at Easter or at Christmas. And so we normally try to do a big outreach around Easter, and so that'll be our focus in April. And then in May and June, you have Mother's Day and Father's Day. And um, I just put those holidays on there, but I, what I wanted to mention to you is I'm hoping and uh, looking into having a conference like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday conference uh, uh, sometime in the month of May on the home. And we'll have a speaker come in and be having a conference, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday conference on the family and the home. And uh, looking forward to that. I think it'll be a great thing. And of course, we will recognize Mother's Day and Father's Day. And then in June, we're getting ready to head in uh, to what we uh, call the busy season. Why It's wide open all summer long. And we're doing VBS and doing all the work and prep. And so in June, I would love to have a Friday, Saturday conference of, for soul winning and our outreach uh, and just instructing us on how to get out uh, and invite folks into the family of God. You know, we're going to be looking at some building projects and some different things here in a couple of minutes, but none of this matters if we're not going out 
and getting people and bringing them back to God's house. And so in June, we're hoping to have an outreach conference. And then I'm also hoping somewhere in that neighborhood of May and June of having a friend Sunday. And so it would just be a Sunday, a normal Sunday, as far as... Uh, it wouldn't be anything attached to it on the week before the week after, but it'll be a Sunday service, uh, but we'll have a meal, and we'll go out and invite your friends to come in. A lot of times uh, you can get folks to come who won't come any other time. If you're like, hey, we're having a friend Sunday, I want you to come as my friend and sit with me, and a lot of times they'll come. And so somewhere there in that May, June, uh, maybe in connection with our uh, outreach conference, we will have a friend day. We'll get these dates nailed down permanently for you uh, in the next few weeks, but this is what we're looking for there in May in June. And then, of course, in July, uh, we have teen camp. We'll be going back to the edge, the camp that we went to this past year. Uh, boy, I'm telling you what, was just very impressed with the work that is being done there, the facilities and all that took place. And, uh, of course, it's three hours away, which is way better than 14 hours away. Uh, so we'll be going back to the edge camp for our teen camp this year. Uh, and then we have vacation Bible school. And now we'll probably be doing sign-up for vacation Bible school. I'm hoping to start signing folks up around March or April. If you're interested in Bible school, let me know. There is stuff we can start doing now as we make plans for vacation Bible school. So we're looking forward uh, to Bible school there in July. And then this past year in the month of August, we did a missions month and that we had a different missionary every Sunday night. And then the last Sunday of the month, uh, we had a missions Sunday where we had the missionaries uh, here during Sunday school, and then they spoke, and then we had the question and answer afterwards. And I felt like it went very well and have had tremendous feedback uh, from you uh, in, on enjoying that month. And so we plan to do that again. And I do just want to pause here and say, uh, for those of you that may not have... Uh, kept up with all that was going on in relation to that, the Lord did allow us to take on six new missionaries as a result of that. And so starting this month, we began supporting six new missionaries. And I'm telling you what, if you want the Lord to bless you, give to the spread of the gospel. And so, boy, we praise the Lord that he allowed us to do that. I appreciate those of you that give and make that possible. Then, of course, in September is our homecoming service, and we'll be putting the details together for how that'll come off, but that'll be most likely either, I think it's the last Sunday in September. Be looking forward to homecoming. And then in October, I have revival meeting, but we're thinking that that revival meeting is going to be in connection to the homecoming. So Sunday will be homecoming, and Monday we'll start a revival meeting that will go all week. And so looking forward to a fall revival meeting. And then, of course, you get to November and December. And as I told the deacons, they take care of themselves. Those are just two busy months. I mean, they just get filled up with all the different things, the, the Christmas plays, the cantatas, the caroling, and all that takes place there during those two months. And like I say, this doesn't cover at all everything uh, that will take place, every special event. But this just gives you an overview of some things that are coming this year, some things to be praying for and looking forward to. And let me encourage you, attend. You know what? Meetings are much more successful when there's people there. So attend these meetings. Be there. Support these meetings. Be a part of them. Get involved. There's a way that you can be involved and support these things. And so be a part of your church. Now the next thing that I want to consider, uh, looking at our vision, is some potential building projects. 
that I would like us to begin raising money for. Now, these building projects, some of these are relatively new. Some of them we've been talking about for a long time. And I've been praying, you know, Lord, give me a, a green light when we can launch this building fund. And I feel that now is the time. I wanted to launch this last January. It just The Lord just would not give me a green light to launch it, but I believe we are good to go. And so what we will be doing is we will be starting a designated building fund that will be raising money for these projects. And so uh, you will be able to give, uh, you can text to give uh, $5,000 to building fund or, you know, however you want to do it. But we can, you can begin giving to these things. And I've got three things here on this that I would like to see us begin raising money for. Uh, the first one that you see there is a, or it's starting at the bottom going up. So I say the first, but we're starting at the bottom at the lowest cost and going up. But the, the bottom one that you see there is a new church sign in the front lawn. A new church sign in the front lawn. And now, I, I've been attending Marlbrook for quite a while, and we've been talking about a new church sign as long as I have been attending Marlbrook. Back when I was just a member, we were talking about a new sign. Then when I was a deacon, we were talking about a new sign. We've been needing a new sign for a long time. And the sign out front here, uh, we thank the Lord for it. Um, but if you ever had to change the letters on it, you would... You would not want a new. You would not want it any longer either. Brother Jeremy told me that he remembers when he was a teenager here that they were having to work on that sign. Now, I mean, that sign has been needing replaced for quite a while. Uh, so, uh, sign is important. You say, why are we worried about our sign? Well, signs are important. Uh, Paul Chapel, a pastor in. Uh, out in California, he wrote a book, Church Still Works, and the deacons and I have been studying through this book together during our deacons meeting. And Paul Chapel made these observations about a church sign. He said, the single most important tool for projecting your church into the community is the one taken most for granted, the church sign. He said, the church sign is... And I, I, I chuckled his choice of words here. He said, the church sign is a monster for generating traffic. Uh, something about a church sign, folks see it. They know where you're at. They recognize who you are. Paul Chapel says, do not skimp on the sign. The U.S. Small Business Administration makes the following observation about signs. It says, an attractive sign that is easily detected and read no matter the time or weather, will pay for itself many times over during the course of your organization. They go on to say that signs are the most affordable means of advertising, and what's more, they are on the job 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, letting the community know that this is a place that they can come and worship. I've got some pictures here uh, to give the general idea of the type of sign we would like to build in the front lawn. Now, none of these are an exact uh, idea of what we have. They're just the type of sign, so just a large sign in the front lawn with the church name nice, big, and bold, and of course, we have brick and block masons in the church. We have a sign guru in the church. And so we can put our heads together and we can come up with a very sharp, nice looking sign. I'd love to see it just centered out here in our front lawn where it's easily readable from the road. Uh, that great big Marlbrook Baptist Church. And then folks know 
where we are at. There's many, many times I talk to people, many, many times, and I tell them, invite them to church, and they want to know where the church is, and I try to explain, and they're like, I just don't know where you're talking about. Yeah, I go through there all the time, but no, I'm just not sure where you're talking about. We need a big sign, a sign that can't be missed, that folks know where we are at. And so this is the, the idea, the type of sign, uh, something uh, not necessarily exactly like any of those, but just a nice big lawn sign that had the church name on it. And so that is one thing that we would like to raise money for. We don't have a definite figure on that, uh, but somewhere around 5,000 neighborhood we're thinking would definitely get us started on putting a real nice sign like this in the front lawn. If we could take another look at that projected building fund, uh, we'll take a look and see the next project. The next project coming up from the bottom is some restrooms down at the pavilion. And now this came up uh, several months ago, actually uh, back uh, beginning of last year, we were talking about putting restrooms uh, down at the pavilion. And so we have done some work on that. We had to uh, County come out, perked the property. We've had a, a septic permit, and we've got it perked, and then we uh, got um, actually, actually go ahead and pop those blueprints up. we got some blueprints here that Brother Greg drew up for us. Uh, Brother Greg Snyder drew these blueprints up for us uh, onto what this would look like. The property is perked. Uh, the estimated cost for building this, this would most likely, and I'm going to show you a picture in just a moment as to how it will attach to the pavilion, but this will most likely be built out of block. Uh, have a metal roof over top of it. Uh, and if we do a lot of the work ourselves, uh, considering materials and what we will have to sub out, approximate cost to build these is going to be about 30000 That includes putting the water in, putting the septic in, getting everything finished. It would be about $30,000 is what it would cost us to build uh, these restrooms. And if you show that uh, aerial view, Brother Jeremy came out and he's got a drone. If you ever need an aerial picture of your property, Brother Jeremy is amazing with his drone. He came out with his drone and took these pictures. And I don't know if you can see exactly all that's there, but you can see the church building. You see the blue bus. And then you see the pavilion down there at the bottom of the picture. Uh, so go to the next slide. You see the little red box. That is where these restrooms will attach. So they will attach right there, right off of the back of the pavilion. Uh, and if you've seen in the blueprint, we don't need to go back to it, but if you've seen the blueprint, there will be a kitchen. There will be a men and a ladies' restroom with two stalls each. And then on the end will be a woodshed for Brother C to stack all his oak and hickory and his grates and all that in. And we've also looked into putting exhaust fans in the top of the pavilion so that it'll still be able to breathe and we'll still be able to cook our chicken. And so we've uh, uh, Brother Dave, Brother Danny, uh, Brother Greg, uh, Brother C. Uh, uh, a lot of men, we go, I've been down there when we were cooking chicken and we've talked about this and looked at it and we've all agreed that this this is the best location to attach those restrooms. And boy, I'm telling you what, they would go a long way. These things would be a great blessing um, during vacation Bible school. If we continue to do that outdoors, they'd be a great blessing. Uh, anytime we have a fellowship down there, a lot of times we'll have a fellowship down there. And then if anyone needs to use a restroom, they have to come all the way back up to the church. This would be a great blessing. Any outdoor event that we have, uh, these would be tremendous. And so this is something that we would love to do. But this morning as part of the vision, I'm just challenging you to get on board and give towards this project. The third thing that we have on that uh, building fund slide, if we could pop that up one more time, the top thing that we have 
is an 80 by 100 multi-purpose building. Now, I had Fort Construction come out about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. I had drawn up some plans. I had shown them to the deacons, what I had in mind, and then I gave those plans to Fort Construction, and uh, Fort quoted us a price on doing a turnkey project. So this means they do the landscaping, they build the building, they do uh, the heating, they do everything completely. We don't touch it, and then they gave me the price off that. Of course, there are things that we may be able to do that would lower the price, but this would uh, this just gave us a picture of how much we'd have to pay if we wanted. The price they quoted me then was four hundred and fifty thousand. Actually, four hundred and forty-eight thousand. I think is what the price was that Fort quoted me for a turnkey project. I put five twenty-five on there because that quote was a couple years ago. So I don't know if it's went up not that much, way more than that much. I don't know, but that's where that number came from. And now this is a half a million dollars. So this is a a big project. Uh, but it is something that I'm telling you would be a blessing to this church in more ways than we can even begin to describe. Uh, we were in the deacons meeting just this past uh, Friday night and one of the deacons said, I have been in favor of building a building like this for 20 years. And so uh, it's definitely something that is much benefit to. If we could bring up that aerial view again. I have drawn up there, you will see up towards the top of the page, you will see the red box there. That is approximately where that building would sit. So it would just be right off of the back of our gravel parking lot over here is where that building would sit. Uh, so that's where we have thought would be the best location, best use of our available property to put that building. I do have some uh, blueprints up there for you to look at. Uh, these after... After I gave my hand-drawn prints to Fort, whenever they came back with their quote, they brought back some professional drawings. And so I have those up there for you. So this building would be 80 feet wide by 100 feet long, 16-foot sidewalls. Now, this design gives us plenty of height for shooting a basketball. Uh, the, we'd have a... Uh, the ceiling would be cathedral, so it would be at least a couple feet higher in the center, maybe even three feet higher in the center, 16 feet on the sidewall. So it would be plenty high enough that you could shoot a basketball in there wanted to. Uh, it gives us ample space for building a kitchen and restrooms on one end, which would probably be a separate project that we would try to do later after we completed the building. But we could put kitchens and restrooms, storage rooms on one end of the building, and we'd still have an 80 by 80 open space, uh, which is big enough that you could play full court basketball across it. So you could go the 80 foot way and you, they could play full court basketball in there. It all depends on if you're looking at high school or college as to how long it's supposed to be, but it's long enough. So you could get in there and you could play ball. Uh, and it would also comfortably seat up to about 600 people at tables. You're like, Pastor John, why in the world do we need a building that seats 600 people? Because of the God that I serve, that's why I need a building that big. I know I've heard people say that whenever we built this addition, that they said we'll never fill that fellowship hall up. And I'm telling you, we've had events where if the fire marshal would have showed up, we'd have probably went to jail because there were way too many people in that fellowship hall. It's definitely filled up. And so this building would seat about 600 people at tables. Of course, not at tables. You could probably see at least a couple hundred more than that uh, in this building. And so it'd be a lot of room, a lot of seating. Uh, it'd give us plenty of space and something that we wouldn't grow out at least for a couple years. Now, maybe we'd grow out of it by then. But anyway, it'd give us plenty of room, nice, big... Uh, uh, space. Um, you'll also notice in that blueprint that there is a 9 by 100 lean-to on the back 
of the building. And so that is a storage area. That gives us 900 square feet of storage. Off the back of that building, which would be back over here, be out of sight, to give us a tremendous place to store lawn equipment, building materials, VBS props, and all the stuff that needs to be stored. Tables, chairs, give us a great place to store that, uh, help us to empty out some of the buildings that we have now that are just full to overflowing and give us a place to put some things. Uh, so this is a, a tremendous thing. It's a big project. I think it is something that we would wear out using this building. I have another picture here that will give you a rough idea of what this building will look like. None of these buildings are exactly how this building would look. But these give you an idea of the type of building we'd be looking to build. One thing different than anything in those pictures is the quote that we got from Fort included laying brick like five foot up all the way around the building. So it would have brick all the way around about five foot up, make it look a lot sharper. Uh, but these give you an idea be a metal building, brick up, make it look nice and sharp. Uh, the one on there, I can't get my head straight looking at my picture of yours, but the bottom left over here has the pull-through. Uh, that is how ours would be designed. It would have to where you could pull your car through underneath of it and load and unload in the dry. Uh, so that just gives you an idea of what the building would look like. And this building... Like I said, it'd be invaluable for events like wild game dinner, vacation Bible school, scripture assembly, children and teen activities on Wednesday nights, uh, uh, special meetings. Uh, it gives us a place to go when we outgrow this auditorium. And I do believe that the Lord is going to bless us to outgrow this auditorium. And when we outgrow this auditorium and we need to build a bigger auditorium, we got a place we can go meet while we're uh, expanding this auditorium. And so uh, many things that I believe that would benefit us if we were we're able to build this building. It's been proven that activity generates interest. That means when folks see us building a building, they get curious. What's going on there? They come to the Lord's house. We're able to present the gospel and families are added to the congregation of the Lord. And so this is definitely something we would love to do. I know that it's a, a big amount of money, uh, but I don't believe it's unreachable, and I'd love to see us begin raising money, and I've had several folks uh, tell me that this is something they would get on board with. So those of you that said you'd get on board with this, let's get on board. But this is something that we'd like to raise money for. I don't know if this is something that we'll raise money for in a couple years or if it'll take us five years to raise the money for this, uh, but I do would like to see us begin uh, raising money towards this multi purpose building and just so you know all of this that I'm sharing with you this morning is things that I, the deacons and I have talked about many 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 times this is not something that I'm just coming up with off the top of my head this is stuff that the deacons and I have discussed over and over and over and thought through and why and how and where and so a lot of the questions you may have is like I wonder if Pastor John thought of this uh, most likely we have I just don't have time to talk about all of that this morning. But this is stuff the deacons and I have been talking about some of this for a couple of years. We have revisited these things over and over. So next, that is the next thing that we're interested in. The last thing that I want to look at this morning, and I'm trying to, trying to go quickly, not use up all your time, but boy, I'm telling you what, there is so much that God is doing. And just, I believe it's important once a year to take a service where we're all able to visualize where God wants us to go. So I know this is not a sermon like we are used to hearing, but it helps us to see 
this is where we're going and helps us to get on board. So the final thing I want to look at this morning concerning our vision for this year is Shenandoah Christian Academy. And boy, I'm telling you what, was those kids not a blessing this morning? And that's not all the scripture they know. Christmas they quoted Luke. This morning they quoted out of Psalms and out of Peter. And I think there's two more passages that they've memorized this semester. You say, yeah, but Pastor John, what about their academics? Well, whenever we get ready to, whenever we finish this school year, we're going to have a special school day where the school, we just let them exhibit all they've learned. And we're going to have some parents, parents keep this in mind, we're going to have some parents testify as to how their children have developed and grown academically in this short amount of time they've been in the school. It works tremendously. And boy, I'm telling you what, we have seen these kids just advance by leaps and bounds. Already half a school year, they are way, way ahead of where they were when they started. Uh, some of them have already advanced. Uh, Miss Melissa had to order more books because they've already advanced out of the grade they tested in and moving on up. And so it's just tremendous. So, do we put emphasis on academics? Absolutely. And the academics that they will get here will far excel anything any government school will ever give them. But in addition to emphasizing their academics, we emphasize Christianity. And I mean this, I believe this, and I mean it with all my heart. If my kid could only know one thing, it would be my desire that they knew Christ. If they can't read, that's okay. If they can't add, that's okay. If they can't spell their name, that's okay as long as they know who Jesus is. And so the emphasis of this school will always be to teach children to know the Lord. That will be the emphasis of this school. Will they grow and learn academically? Absolutely. But there will be a constant emphasis on developing children in the things of the Lord. This past year, we prayed about it. We considered it. We moved forward with it. We opened a Christian school. We based it on the biblical mandate that we as a church and as parents have to train up our children in the way of the Lord, to invest in the next generation. This is what God has called us to do. It's what we ought to do. It's what we have to do. But then when we combine that with the steady degeneration of the public school system around us, there is no question. Somebody's got to step up to the plate. And so we stepped up and we opened the school and we start. We did a soft start uh, and we just in, uh, had folks from our congregation uh, come. There's nine students. Miss Melissa has uh, predominantly uh, been the teacher uh, this year. Uh, Miss Tiffany has helped uh, pretty much every day, at least part of the day, every day she's been here. Miss Michaela has helped a, a lot uh, to fill in and... Um, we have had a wonderful school year. But we have nine students and these staff. And people, it's been a blessing. People have donated. Uh, people have, have given. People have been excited. Uh, Brother Joe Johnson, he's the area representative for ACE schools. He came by to just check on us uh, about a month ago just to see how we were doing. I'd met with him several times in getting the school off the ground. And so he came by just to see how we were doing. And... Uh, uh, Miss Melissa called me on the phone and said, uh, Brother Joe's down here in the classroom. So I came down, and he's standing in the middle of the classroom, just looking around. And I walked in, and he said, Brother, I am blown away. 
He said, this is first class. He said, most of the time when folks start a new school, there are so many things that we have to work through and figure out. This is top notch. This is first class. He said, normally I have a list of things to tell you that you need to change. He said, but if you want... You just tell me what I can do to help you because y'all are doing a phenomenal job. And I give the credit to that to Miss Melissa. She has done it. And so I thank the Lord for that. And so the Lord has blessed. But the coming fall semester, we want to expand. We want to get bigger. We don't want to stick with just the same nine students. We want to expand. And uh, with our facility, we can house up to 45 students with what we have here in this building. Uh, and so uh, we would like to open that up. And so to do this, we'll continue to be available to the children of MBC. But we will also accept applications for consideration from outside our congregation and be accepting uh, applications. Now, it's important to note this, that we will not be considered open to the public. So just to make sure that's clear, we will not be considered open to the public, but we will be a private school who accepts applications for consideration from those outside our congregation. And that just protects us from anyone being able to demand that we allow them to come to this school and helps us guard who comes in. We do want to help everyone, but the last thing we want to do is bring in the wrong type of people and create a wrong atmosphere that would have a counter effect on our children. We want to create a Christian atmosphere, and so that enables us to do that. So in order for us to grow, in order for us to get bigger, we need help in the following areas. And I'll just present these to you. First thing that we need is additional staff. We need more staff. There's no way that we can get bigger without more people to help. And top of the list, first thing we need is we need a secretary. We need a full-time secretary. There is a lot of book work. And when you're helping the students all day, a lot of times you don't have time to do the book work until all the students finally leave. And then you're here, you know, trying to get the book work done and everything filled out. And boy, it can just pile up and become a lot to keep up with. And the one thing that Melissa and I have talked about often is if we don't hire anybody else, we have to hire a full-time secretary. And Miss Delilah has been a tremendous help. She has covered a lot of that. But Miss Lila is already overloaded just with all she does for the church. And so we hate to just keep piling things on Miss Delilah. So we really need a school secretary. Uh, we need... We need more teachers. We need uh, lead teachers uh, who would be uh, in charge of a classroom, and then we need teacher's assistants who would just help kind of monitor the activity and allow kids to go, uh, you know, answer their uh, Questions such as a lot of times the kids would know, hey, may I go to the restroom? May I do this? May I do that? And we have someone just to monitor the activity. So we need teachers. We need lead teachers. We need teachers assistants. Um, and this could be full-time teachers. This could be multiple part-time teachers. But we do need more staff to be able to come in. Now, this coming year, we will be charging tuition. This year, we have done it on a love offering basis. Just, you know, as you're able, you know, you can give towards Miss Melissa or give towards the church, pay for your books, and been a love offering basis, and the folks have been good about helping out with that. But this coming year, we will be charging tuition. And according to how many students we have, as to how much we'll be able to pay you. And let me just say this. We do want to pay our teachers, and we want to take care of our teachers. But if you come to work at the school motivated by money, you've came for the wrong reason. 
You can't come motivated by money. It is a ministry. And you've got to come with that mindset that you're coming for the service of the Lord. But we don't expect you to come for nothing. We know that it costs to drive here, costs to fix food, costs to live your life. And so we definitely want to pay you. And so based on how many students we get, if we get the full 45 students, uh, we would be able to pay lead teachers at about $15 an hour, teachers assistants at around $12 an hour is what we would be able to pay. If we get around 30 students or less, uh, we would probably be paying more like 12 and 10. If we're down around 15 students, it'd probably be 10 across the board. And so it just depends on how many students come as to how we'll be able to pay. So I'm just letting you know that up front. As the school grows, this will no longer be a problem, but we're in the birthing stage and a lot of times there's birthing pains. And so this is part of that. Uh, so uh, I do encourage you. It is my desire that our staff attend Marlbrook Baptist Church. And so the first place I want to look for people to work in the school is right here. I'm looking at you. This is where I want to look. This is where I'm trying to find our staff. Uh, so we'd love to have people from Marlbrook work. If we uh, do end up hiring teachers uh, from somewhere else, uh, we could possibly hire uh, teachers from uh, Bible colleges, you know, just graduated from Bible college to come in. It will be a requirement that they attend here. Uh, so that is something that we're going to do to try to protect ourselves. But the first place I want to look is here. And so I am getting an application put together. If you are interested in working in this school, uh, come see me in the next couple of weeks. We'll get you an application. You can fill the application out. The deacons and I will consider the applications and decide who is the best fit to work in our school. Uh, but understand, the first year or so, you might have to live by faith a little bit. But I guarantee you, if you give to God, he'll give back to you. Boy, I'm telling you, during Sunday school this morning, uh, Miss Amy was sharing how God, how she obeyed God and God gave back to her multiple times. I'm telling you what, you give to God, he will give back to you. So we need additional staff, need secretaries, need teachers. Uh, also, uh, we can use volunteer uh, teachers. Say, hey, I can come in this afternoon and just help out. Not looking for pay. I can just come help relieve everybody. That is something we'd be interested in as well. So we need additional staff. The school needs financial support. The tuition that we're hoping to charge will cover the expenses of operating the school and pay our staff. But there's always extra expenses you don't think of. And so folks that just say, hey, I'm just going to give towards the school. And boy, I thank the Lord for the people that have given. There has been some large amounts of money just said, hey, I want to give to the school. I want to be a help. I want to be a blessing. But there's many more opportunities for folks to get on board and financially support the school. And then another area that you can get on board, you say, Pastor John, I'm not a teacher. Uh, I, I just, you know, ain't going to be able to help there. Another place that you could help is student scholarships. Once we begin to charge tuition, from time to time there may be underprivileged children who would love to come to our school. And so we would love to have folks say, hey, I want to give towards a student scholarship. Now it'll cost, the tuition we are looking at is about $4,000 for a year. If you think that's outrageous, just go look and see what Christian schools charge and you'll see that we're definitely at a fair place with that rate. But it's about $4,000 a year plus books for someone to attend the school to be able to cover our expenses, pay our staff. And so we've got students that may need a little help in that area. And you say, well, there's no way I can give $4,000. No, but if multiple people give a little bit, 
It doesn't take long for us to have a, lo a whole lot that we could help students that maybe would not be able to pay the entire uh, scholarship. And anyone uh, that would want to come in under a scholarship uh, will go through an interview process. It'll be brought before the deacons. This is definitely not something that I'm going to decide on my own. This will be something that will be handled very carefully. Uh, but we would like to have some money coming in to help those students. And then last of all, you say, Pastor John, I love to help, but I can't help in any of those areas. You can pray for us. If there's anything we need, we need prayer. If there's anything the devil will fight, it is us teaching young people to live for God. You see, the devil, he has kind of an in on our kids right now through the public school system. He's got a pretty direct road to do a lot of influencing. And when we take that away from him, we, we put a pretty hard blow on his effectiveness instilling our children. And so if he's going to fight anything, he will fight the school. So we need a band of Christian soldiers that are praying and praying and praying that God bless this and enable us to teach our children the things of the Lord, enable us to invest in the next generation, enable us to reach out into our community. This is a great way that we could see the church grow through families coming to the school, becoming part of the church and seeing the church grow. A tremendous thing that God could do for us. And so these are things that we are looking at in the coming year. And I pray that you get on board. I pray that you will consider these things. You will think about these things. You will ask the Lord, how would you have me be involved in these things? We have a vision. I've presented it to you as condensed as I can this morning. But we have a dream, and a dream that I believe God can do. The question is, are we going to get on board with what God is able to do? Are we going to get on board and watch God accomplish amazing things? You know what? A lot of times we're hesitant. We say, I just, you know, I just don't know. I just, I don't know if God can. And that's the reason he doesn't. God works in those that believe he can. Many times he's unable to work because we don't believe he's able to work. We need to just believe that God is able to work. There is a world to be reached and God has given us the means to do so. I mean the facility, the location, the area. God has given us a tremendous outpost for reaching this community with the gospel. We need to get busy doing everything we can to reach this community. Let's purpose in our heart to be involved in the meetings, the events, the special activities. We're going to be there. We're going to support them. We're going to invest in the projects. We're going to pray that God send laborers uh, to work in these ministries. You and I need not limit God, but we need to attack this or come to this knowing that as I read this morning, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. As a matter of fact, if my dreams aren't big enough that God has to get involved, then my dreams aren't big enough. If I keep all my dreams down here at what I know I can do, then I'm not involving God in his work. God wants to do things exceedingly abundantly above not only what I'm capable to do, but he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that I can ask of him or anything that I can even dream that he might be possible. He could do it. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that. All we have to do is simply believe that he's able. 
And if we get on board believing God is able, and we say, you know what, God, I can't do much, but here is the vision that you have given to the pastor and the deacons and the leadership of our church. So this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to get involved. And you do your part. God will say, they believe me, and he'll take care of all the rest. And he will let this church accomplish great and mighty things for him. We serve a God who is able to accomplish far more than you and I could ever imagine. And honestly, as I look at what I presented today, I wonder, am I dreaming big enough? I, I just wonder. He can do far more than that. This is still limited by my thoughts and my ability. He can do far more. We just have to believe. We have to catch the vision. We have to do our part and watch what God can do. So I'm going to ask each of you to stand there where you are. Like I said, not the normal message, but I hope it challenged your heart. I hope it challenged your heart to get on board and move forward for the cause of Christ. The last thing we want to do is sit idle and wilt and wither away. We've got to keep moving forward. And so I'm going to have uh, Miss Debbie come to the piano. And this morning, I want to ask you this. Will you get on board? Get on board through volunteering. Get on board through financial support. Will you get on board by submitting an application and saying, hey, consider me as a potential for working in your school? Will you get on board by falling on your knees and praying and saying, God, you've given us a mission to do. Help us. Help us to accomplish what you have called us to do. Let's not limit God, but let's look into the future through glasses that let us see what God is able to accomplish. As Miss Debbie plays, if you're going to get on board, if you're going to be behind this, come to the altar and pray and say, Lord, help us to accomplish great and mighty things for you.
thank each and every one of you. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you listening to me as I try to present to you. Hopefully, we was able to make it clear. Hopefully, you're able to see a little bit of what God can do. And hopefully, you join us in prayer, asking the Lord, what can I do to bring this to pass? And as I said at the beginning of the message, all of this amounts to naught if we're not going and finding and winning lost souls to Christ. So be busy this year telling the world about a Savior you can. If you have any questions about anything we presented this morning, the building funds, the calendar, the school, if you have any questions, feel free to come ask me about it. You can ask the deacons about it. Uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions the best of our ability and help you understand uh, what we're looking to do. Appreciate each and every one of you being here this morning. I'm going to ask Brother Aaron Brown if he would pray and dismiss us from the service. Aaron, my Lord, it's been good to be in your house this morning to gather with your people, Lord, and to just see the vision, Lord, to see the vision of our church and the future that we have this year, Lord. I pray that you would impress upon each of our hearts and our minds, Lord, uh, that you would give us a burning desire, Lord, to, to serve you this year for the furtherance of the gospel, for your glory and your honor, Lord. I pray that you would bless each and every endeavor that our church and takes this year, Lord, and have your blessings on each of our lives, Lord, and just help us to see, Lord, the blessing that we will get by investing in your work and in your ministry, Lord. You said, invest in you, Lord, and that's what you tell us to do, Lord, and just trust in you, and I pray that you would bless that endeavor. Thank you for everything you've done, Lord. I pray that you give us safety throughout the day, Lord, and give us safety throughout the week as we work, Lord, and just Really put that desire within our hearts. Thank you for all you've done and all that you will do. In Jesus' holy name, amen. amen. amen.